just so you know today, as your pastor, basically I have a list of men in my life that I love and I trust and that I uh, in many ways submit to their authority, even though I'm not necessarily under their covering you know, as far as their house anymore. But, but when there's uh, anything that's going on, this is the first man that I call. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let, uh, no, and I'm be all right. So, you know, it was so bad. Uh, two, two years ago, I preached a Sunday morning service at, at his church, and I lost it and cried in front of everybody like a little girl. I'm going to try not to do that today. <laughs> but anyways, I, you know, this is a man, and I just want to encourage you in this. This is a man that I call, and he has been... Uh, so faithful to be patient with me as I've grown and, and allow me to ask uh, any question under the sun. And he has taken the time, uh, honestly, that I don't know if, an, if another guy has, has taken the time and just poured into my life. I mean, literally hours and hours and hours and hours. This is a man that I personally open my heart up to and let him say anything that he wants to say to me because I know he'll be honest with me. And so today I would encourage you uh, just to open your heart up and do the same. I trust him, so please you trust him and just say, okay, Lord, we come with hungry hearts, great expectation of what you want to do. And uh, just as I told the worship team last night, and I'll hurry up and I'll be done, uh, but the Bible verse that always sticks out for me in these moments is where Jesus said that if you honor the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. And so today I want us to honor the prophet. I want us to honor the pastor, the call that's on his life. And I just believe that as we do so, we'll receive from that today. Amen? Amen. So, Pastor Tommy, it's all yours. I love you too, man. Thank you. Pastor Clinton. Hey, I have a shirt just like that. I'm glad I didn't bring it. I, uh, that's the first thing I thought when he picked me up at, uh, Ben and Vicky's. I was like, I've got a shirt just like that. I'm so glad I wore it. Okay. Um, thank you for having me here today. And let me tell you, uh, my wife and I love this couple like, wow. Uh, can't, you know, I mean, we officiated their wedding. We, all the different things that we went through. And I do remember that conversation in the car when we did that because the pastor asked me, he said, at the time, I was a, the associate executive. He said, please uh, go talk to him for me. And I, and I, and I, and I said, okay, no problem. And, and it, it was, but you see, you see that's, that's a perfect example of how if we receive what God really wants to talk to us about, it expands and, and creates something so powerful that you begin to trust God in new and in dynamic ways, right? And so being here is just... I've got 20 things I want to say. It's not my message. I mean, I just, I'm just overwhelmed by all the thoughts and all the things that are happening. Thank you so much. By the way, how many of you appreciate your worship team? Awesome stuff, huh? Come on, put your hands together and show your appreciation for them. Um, but it's so wonderful. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, do me a favor. Open it for me. Would you mind? Because I'm holding them up. Thanks. I'll do my best trying not to knock it over. But when Quinn called me and he said... Hey, I, I want you to I want you to come. We were talking about some different dates. I'd like you to come on Father's Day. And I went, uh, isn't this your first Father's Day? And he said, Yeah. I said, Well, you sure you don't want to speak to to your people? I mean, he goes, Yeah, I do, but I want you to. And I said, You sure? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, and and I, I just I was just overwhelmed by the thought that he would take this day and allow someone and, and myself to come in. I was listening to him talking. I was going, who's he talking about? And I was thinking <laughs> all the things that he was saying. Wow, that's a special guy. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, thank you for uh, trusting me to come and, and be here. Wow. I, you know, 
Um, I was, I was uh, telling, I just remembered this. Uh, when Jen had her wisdom teeth out, she lived at our house for a week. Miss Lisa fed her ice cream, I think, three days in a row and everything else. And all the, watching all the kids come and, oh, man, so many things. All right, so happy Father's Day, all right? And, uh, and, I, and, and Rob McKay, the shortest guy in the room. Now, Rob, I love Rob. He was, he was that tall when I met him. This is my third trip to uh, Camden, Rockport area. The first time I met him and his dad, yeah, by the way, there, okay, Rob. The first time that I was here was in 2006, and myself and two people from our church who are still with us came to uh, help him and his dad sail the raw faith ship. And we were on it, got caught in a storm, had to be rescued by the Coast Guard and all those things. But I was telling, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, the Coast Guard had a 175 foot cutter, and uh, they said it's too small. We can't rescue you guys uh, with that ship, with that uh, boat. We had to, and there was the uh, the other one was coming. Uh, it was 275 feet, and uh, it was coming uh, doing um, homeland security maneuvers. And they remember that, and they came and they they came and rescued us. Six guys came on the boat. All six Coast Guard guys got sick. It was it was that kind of deal. All three masks broke. It was it was all it was just a wonderful trip. And I, I let, let me say this. Let me let me just say this. That that was one of the most wonderful times in the Lord. And I, I went back and God began to process things. I was sharing with Rob that he really didn't know those things. He was 10 years younger. And it was in May of 06. And so it was 10 years ago in May. And, uh, and then I came back in 09, in September of 09. My wife and I had to show her different things here and brought her here. But uh, to be here is when he said, man, we're, we're praying about coming to a church here in Camden, Rockport area. And I went, take it. And I told him, if he said that, I said, and the first thing I want to do is you're going to invite me to preach. And I told him that. I'm serious. I told him that because I wanted to come back so bad. Um, I, I, and uh, but with Rob, I mean, God spoke to me so profoundly. I, uh, I preached for one year on what God spoke to me during that time and what he taught me during that time. So you see, even the greatest challenge that you're in, the greatest moment is we were watching the boat take on a little water and all kinds of stuff like that. It was so cool um, that, uh, you know, God can take that when it says that he'll take things and, and work them to his good. That is so true. And so uh, I, I really I, I told Rob that early and I really mean that. Thanks for being here today. It means so much to me. Um, so for fathers, I brought a little a little thing from Louisiana. It's not really specific to Louisiana, but I wanted to just come. I said, I want, I want to give all the dads something. You got it? So it may need a little help. So all the dads, just raise your hand, dads. We got we got some. All right. So if we would um, grab a couple of guys maybe and help them do that, if you don't mind, real quick. And when they go by, go ahead and, and just keep your hand up and, and they'll, I think they're going to. You got to hurry because their arms are going to get tired. There you go. No, don't throw it. They might impale them. Don't do that. It's <laughs> we don't want to impale any fathers here. And if we have some extra ones and you have someone, maybe you have a dad or, or someone you want to bring one to, feel free to do that if there's some extras. We'd like to give all the dads that are here first. There you go. Got one? Every, anybody else? It's a little knife, right? Everybody's going, what is it? It's a little knife. Be strong and courageous. You see, little knives only do little cuts. Okay, so you can't <laughs> you can't hurt yourself too much with this one. Okay, I like that. Let me open it and toss it out there. Jennifer, this one's for for Caden. There you go. All right, there you go. Oh, and you get to oversee that. Okay. And by the way, Caden made me this Father's Day card. 
and you know, happy Father's Day. And on, he said, Pastor Tommy, God chose and called you to do good things. Love, Caden. I took pictures of it and sent it to my wife as I was crying. <laughs> if you would, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn to First uh, Corinthians chapter 4 if you have your Bible. I'm going to get it up there here in just a little bit. But I just want you, if you have your Bible, and I pray that you do, or something, or maybe electronic device, whatever it is, First Corinthians um, chapter 4. And we're going to go ahead and get into a couple of things here uh, in just a moment. Before we do that, Quentin and Jen, would you come on up? How many of you love this couple? Come on. Woo-hoo, come on, give it up. Come on up. So, I did, I did bring something with me. I know, well, at 10 o'clock last night, I went and bought a frame, found at 10 o'clock, and after being, I was, I was delirious. I was like, where are they? I was, I, by the way, I, I came on my motorcycle from South Louisiana, so, um, I came on a motorcycle from South Louisiana. I, I've, uh, 2,020 miles, I think that's where I'm at right now. So, how many, uh, four coming up, I think? Three or four? Yeah, something like that. So, this is, this is for you, but it's for both of you, because as you know, the two become one. Come on. And so, you gotta open it now. You, you have to open it now. And so, <laughs> golly, the fall. Cause how many of you know you can't be a father without, uh, someone saying I'm willing to be a mother? Come on, come on, give it up for this couple right now again, as they did. I think you can untie it, I think. In fact, um, I just want to, well, where's uh, where Ben and Vic? Okay, there you go. I, I said, hey, you have something I can do? I, I didn't want him to see it, bringing it in the car. He comes to pick me up, and there I have it. And I said, you got just a little something I can, I, I mean, seriously. I said, you got a little trash bag I can wrap it? <laughs> Mrs. Vicky goes, Mr. Ben goes, my wife, my wife will take care of that. And, so, and this was the end result. It was awesome. Huh? So this was something that. The Lord gave me, I wrote, it's a prayer, kind of a poem, but it's a prayer, really. It's more than anything. Can I read it? Is that okay? And uh, it says, God, our all-knowing Father, omniscient, our all-present Savior, omnipresent, our all-powerful Deliverer, omnipotent. Father, you are securely and forever in our hearts. You know all that we have been, all that we are, and all that we will be. You have walked with us in our past, hold us in our present, and order our future. Savior, you have given all of yourself for all of us. You endeared the whip, embraced the cross, and overcame death. You are seated as judge, preside as lawgiver, and reign as our king. Deliverer, you uphold us with your strong right hand. You scatter our foes, conquer our enemies, part our waters, and remove our obstacles. You lower our mountains, lift our valleys, and straighten our paths. We pray to our Heavenly Father in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is our statement of faith. And at the bottom, I personalize it, the selves. And here you guys for y'all. Amen. Happy Father's Day. All right. Well, here we are. It's Father's Day. You ready? So you're in 1 Corinthians. I'm calling. I'm, I'm, let's see if it works, Mark. Let me give you. Hey, it came up. That was me. All right. It's working. My phone remote's working. All right. So many and not enough. What a statement. That's the title of the message. Many and not enough. Kind of a, an opposites, right? Many but not enough. Let's go ahead and read in Corinthians 4, verse 15. In fact, let's go ahead, if we would, let's read 14 and 15. It says, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. 
For if you were to have countless tutors or many thousands of teachers, yet you would not have many fathers. You have not many fathers. See, the Bible says this. You might have many teachers, 10,000. Some translations say many. Some say 10,000. Some say a lot of different things, but basically teachers. But you have not many fathers. And as I thought about that, when he asked me to come, this was a number of months ago, I began to pray into it, and we began to talk about that. I began to say, God, what do you want to say? And God began to just, you know, speak some things. In fact, when I hit the, um, when I hit the, the state line in Maine, when I came in, the Lord spoke two things to me. And I shared those things with the worship team last night as we got together and had a wonderful time together. I hope they enjoyed it as much as I did. But it was about this. You might have a lot of teachers, in fact, thousands of teachers, but you have not many fathers. Now, we may have some teachers here in the room, and so this is not a disparaging statement about teachers, right? We know that in Ephesians 4.11, we got prophets, apostles, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, right? So God obviously loves teachers. Romans 12, right, when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, not just First uh, uh, Corinthians 12, but Romans 12. And he talks about, you know, hospitality, by the way. Uh, ben and Vicky, wow. I'm just, you know, I slept so good I woke up in the same position I went to sleep in. How many of you know that you, you know you slept well when you did that? And I went, it's morning and the sun's out. I mean, that's how long I slept. I mean, I'm like, Wow. And so, just wonderful. Thank you for your hospitality in Romans uh, 12. But also in Romans 12, it talks about, but if your teachers teach like this. So we know that God loves teachers, right? But teaching has the ability to come from one posture, and fatherhood comes from an entire different posture. So when it says that you have many or 10,000 teachers, right, but you have not many fathers. There's a reason that Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and speaking that. And what we have to do is we have to grab hold of really what God is really trying to say. So what is he really trying to promote? Does he hate teachers? Obviously not, right? We, we go throughout the whole Bible. Teach your children, right? I mean, from start to finish. We're talking Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's about teaching. So we know God wants teaching. But there's something else that he wants with that. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Let me read verse 14 again, and then I want to make a statement. Some of you I see are writing, taking notes. Listen to this. He says, Paul says, I do not write these things to shame you. You know what's interesting is that guilt, when we feel guilty, guilt says that we've done something wrong. That feeling says we've done something wrong. But shame says I am something wrong. I am something wrong. See, when we feel shame, you go, there's something wrong with me. In Isaiah 53, the Bible says, talking about the suffering servant, about Jesus coming, the Messiah, he says that he bore the shame. Is that not true? He bore the shame. You know what I I love about the Lord? He bore our shame, but he's not ashamed. See, so he bore that for us so that we didn't have to walk around walking in shame. When I grew up, one of the things that we used to hear all the time was, shame on you. And, you know, those are powerful words. How many of you know words are really powerful? The Bible says there's power of life and death in the tongue. It's really true. And I could give you many, many stories, a lot of things. As a matter of fact, let me challenge you on something. Have you ever thought about how the enemy arrived at the throne to condemn Job? Many say that, well, Job had fear, and he talked about the thing that I fear most about my children, and that opened up the enemy. And there's an element of truth to that. But if you go back in chapter 4, you realize this, that his three friends got together, and the one that speaks the most 
uh, maybe Eliphaz, I think maybe is his name. But the one that speaks the most and you hear about all the time, he begins to tear Job down. He begins to show his jealousy of him. And the Lord, you see, when you see that, and he began to speak those things out, if you'll notice that right after he speaks those things out, we see Satan at the throne of God con- um, accusing Job of those very things. You see, it's his words of jealousy that spoke, that opened up the enemy's right to come and accuse him before God. Go in the book of Nehemiah. The first two chapters is the greatest example of judicial system, of how God is, is, uh, is the judge, how he is there, and how, we, how the enemy has the ability to come and bring accusation. Think about our court system, how it's set up. There's an accusation made, then they come, they present it, and then we find out what the truth is. And see, that's what Satan was doing about Job. He stood before God and said, here's an accusation. And God says, well, I have to, if something's been said, then I have to listen. See, that's what we have to understand. A righteous judge will listen, but he will judge righteously. And so the righteous judge has to listen to the accusation, but then he goes, wait a minute. You see, and in Jesus, he goes, by the way, my sons washed them clean. You see, and this is the thing. This is why the power of the enemy is so strong in the church, because anointed people that walk with the anointing and the living presence of God in them speak against other people. What that does is that releases a powerful anointing, but not a good one. And it gives the enemy rights. And so what we have to do is we have to make sure that we don't do that, right? And this is what's saying. He says, I'm not saying this to shame you, but to admonish you. In other words, what I want to do is I want to speak. Now, I'm not here to admonish this church. I was having, man, in worship, I was just, Lord, don't let that ever end. Do I really have to speak today? Can I just sit here and enjoy this myself? It was awesome. I'm just, you know. But what I wanted to talk about was the difference between teachers and fathers, And Paul is saying there's a difference, and I'm not telling you that because I'm putting one down or one over the other, but I want to bring the differentiation in those two. Is that all right if we do that this morning? Is that okay? All right, so let's do that. All right, amen. All right, so here we go. We have not many fathers, right? So let's think about this. So a teacher is about giving information. Is that not true? A teacher gives out information. So a teacher gives out information and expects us to get that information and receive that information. That's what a teacher does. So a teacher, if they're doing a good job, it's about doing it in such a way that I will receive it, right? In other words, when we think about Colossians or in other places, it says, have your speech seasoned as it were with salt so that it may be well received. All right. So it's about tastiness. Right. Okay. so here he says, here we are. And he says, we've got teachers. We want to give out information and we want to see that information walked out or at least put into practice. And that's what teachers desire to do. We watch children grow up and they're taught. I think I think even downstairs. Right. Is it downstairs with our children? They're being taught some things and that's awesome and all that. Right. But watch this. They give information. But there's a difference between a teacher and a father. There's a difference between a teacher and a father. See, a father wants us to walk out information in a much greater way. It's Noah. Come on up. I want to show you something. A teacher gives out information and expects you to get it and learn it and then come back and be able to say it and walk it out. Right. But a father, grab a hand, guys here. A father does Gives you information, expects you to walk it out, and you mess up, and the father goes, but I'm here to help you pick you up, and let's move forward. 
I've got some more things I want to tell you. And there's a reason why that didn't work. And here's the reason why that didn't work. We're going to get our hands dirty together, and we're going to walk this thing out. No, 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 let's stop. Let's go back a little bit. Okay, you didn't get that. All right, let's do that again. See, a father, give it up for Noah this morning, all right? A father, a father wants to take us for the long haul. Teachers many times are designed for certain seasons. A father is designed for every season in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A father is designed. I'm going to show you some things that I think you'll get it. All right. So here's here's an example of what I mean. Here's James 1:22. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers only. Now, many of you know that verse, right? Many of you have probably quoted that verse. Many of you have felt guilty for not walking out that verse maybe the way that you should. Some of you have been condemned with that verse. Some of you have been beaten over the head with that verse. Some have been encouraged with that verse. All of the above has happened. But you see, a teacher says, be a doer of the word. And if you're not a doer of the word, then X, Y, Z, right? But a father says, I want you to be a doer of the word because when you respond to the word, these are some of the things that take place as you walk out the word. Let me let me make a statement, if I could. And I wrote it down. Pure obedience comes from understanding that God walks with you. You see, it's about obedience. You see, when we hear the word, prove yourselves doers of the word. Do I do that because it says it in the Word and because it says it in the Word, I've got to do it? Or do I do it because my heart and my desire is to do what my Father wants me to do? And if I do it because my Father wants me to do it, then I know that at the end result, no matter what it is, I'm going to learn something, I'm going to get something out of it, and I'm going to walk out a better individual and character of Christ than I ever started. That's why I can say that about the raw faith and the event that we had. Because I said, God, you sent me here for a purpose. This wasn't exactly what I had in mind and probably not them. But the end result is what? What do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? Why do you want? Why did you walk me through this? I know you didn't do it to knock me around at the bottom of a boat for 12 hours at 30 degree list back and forth. How wide was the boat? It was about a, just shy of a, or 100 foot basically. And how wide? 26 feet wide. It's uh, two layers or three layers of white oak? Three. Three layers of white oak. Good thing we wouldn't have made it. Here's the deal. So the mast, one of the masts, the center one, breaks, and it's hanging over the side of the boat. So all the rigging is still hooked up, and the mast, the mast, is hanging off the side of the boat. The waves are tossing us back and forth, tossing us back and forth at a 30-degree list, which means like this. Then like this. And if you tried to move, you would have to wait, grab something, let it come back to center, go there. I mean, it was like a. this went on for 12 plus hours. We were 30 hours totally in it, something like that, or 24. Okay, so watch this. When the boat would list over this way, the mast would do this wonderful thing. It would swing out with the boat. All hooked up. And then... When it would come back to center and go back the other way, the mass would go, hey, a boat, boom, and it would bang into the side. It did that for 12 to 15 hours. And we kept saying, God, uh, let that white oak, that tree that gave its life for this boat, we just pray right now that it would come back to life and keep that thing at bay. It did that all 
Is that true? I'm telling the truth, right? Look at him. He's, he's, see, see, the point is, is you go, what's that all about? Well, God, what do you want to show us in that? What do you want to do? Well, I began to study Acts, what, 26 and 27 when Paul's on the shipwreck. If you go and read that account, everything that Paul talks about almost, I'm not saying we were in a hurricane because that one went on much longer, but everything that they did, we experienced basically. And the Lord began to say, this is what I want you to get out of that. And then many other things. But see, that's what God wants us to do. If you're obedient, you might just find yourself on a ship out in the 50, 50 miles offshore in the Atlantic in a storm. And then I'll teach you something. How many of you want to learn something? <laughs> I asked Quentin to come with me. He wouldn't come. No, I'm kidding. All right. Pure obedience comes from understanding that God walks with you. Now watch this. I have more to the statement. And that your friendship and your relationship grows after each action. So as you're obedient, as you walk out obedience out of, the, out of that purity of just going, God, I want to do it. You come in, in, you know, across these encounters of all kinds of different things. And you go, God, you're walking with me, but this is not the most fun that I've had. And God said, but that's okay, because what you're going to come out on the other end is going to sustain you and keep you. For what I have for you in the future. He said it up here. How did we know that all of the encounters that we had together and all the things that we did together, that that would help us grow to our future and where we would be? How did I ever know that I would be right here in Camden, spending three nights here, walking around the city, praying, going, God, what did you do? And and little did I know that I would be here behind a pulpit right here in this exact city. Now, how many of you know that God probably had something to do with that? But you see, back on that boat being tossed back and forth, I wasn't thinking about this. But God was. See, and if we're willing to go along with him, you're going to see things happen that you've never seen. You're going to experience things that you've never experienced. Some of you here today, you go, I can't do that anymore. It's too costly. It's too painful. It's too this. Well, I understand that. Trust me. (laughs) But I would say revisit that willingness to be obedient. Revisit That hunger, that urge to just go, God, whatever it is, I'll do it. God, whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. Right? Right, Quinn? And I don't mean to be disrespectful and not call him Pastor Quinn. I've just, we've known each other for so long. It just, you know, Quentin and Jen. So if you, if you don't hold that against me. So let me just show you something, okay? So if you, if the Father's heart, at the top is knowledge. And I've got 100%. I don't know if you can read that or not. And at the bottom it says obedience, 10%. How many of you know that the knowledge, when you look at it on that scale, it, it's, it's not correct? You see, we get all this knowledge and we sit and we hear and we hear, but we don't walk those things out. There's some things that take place there. When you don't walk out what you learn, that's where the Pharisees turned up. Because they knew all kinds of things and they weren't walking it out. But they could tell everybody about it. I'll never forget, I had a guy, he was a, he was a minister, he had been out of the ministry, and I was preaching, and he didn't stay in the church that long, but he would come, and after the service, he'd tell me everything that I did wrong. And how was, you know, this was unscriptural, and that was this, and this, and this. And he would tell me that. Little did I know, the lady that was sitting next to he was sleeping with her every night. Because he was divorced. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying divorced, I'm saying he was sleeping with the lady. And here he was, critiquing me from his knowledge, and had zero obedience. What, what, is that, what does that bring? It brings death. It brings death. 
See, there's a difference between having a father's heart in the matter or having just the legal or the, or the law written knowledge. And that's the difference of what we're talking about between just giving information and walking it out as Noah showed with me right there. Okay, so let's look at it a little bit more. If you look at James 123, it says, for if, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at a natural face in a mirror. Because you see, then that if, if I'm teaching from a legalistic perspective, you've got to be a doer of the word. This will drive you to total annihilation. You go, Tommy, the word of God? Yeah, in the right, in the wrong spirit. In the wrong spirit, it will. But when you get a father's heart on the matter, you begin to understand what he's really trying to communicate to us. So it's not the scripture that's the problem. It's the way it's communicated and then the way that we receive it. And that is why it is so important to say, God, I want to know your word. I want to dig deep. Listen, I, we've got a, a guy in South Africa. Uh, he taught in a Bible school in South Africa. He's in our church doing some Bible uh, course, you know, teaching some Bible stuff uh, in our uh, church now. Him and his wife incredible, wonderful, faith-filled. Their six-year-old son uh, two weeks ago was just uh, a di- uh, week and a half ago diagnosed type 1 diabetes. You keep them in prayer, uh, little Andrew. But um, he's, a, he's a precious kid. But you see, in the sense that he, he comes from South Africa, and I was talking about one Wednesday night, I went, you know, man, you've got to dig for the things of God. You've got to get below the surface. I said, you know, look at Pete, man. They're known for their diamonds there in South Africa. And, man, they're compressed in the ground. You think diamonds just pop up out of the ground and you just pick them off the ground? No, you've got to dig for diamonds. And he, I'm not kidding you. This is, this is true. He goes, and I went, yeah, Pete, because I'm thinking he's going to really relate this most incredible encounter, right? Man, Tommy, let me just reinforce what you just said. He goes, uh, Pastor, I hate to say this, but the uh, diamonds were so abundant, they were just on top of the ground. And I, <laughs> hey, Pete, thanks for that. Hey, man, I'm telling you, man, you've got to dig for the, you know. <laughs> we still laugh about that. I mean, you know, stuff like that, you just remember for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So you see, the, the point is, is that, We've got to remember that God wants us to get the nature of what he's trying to tell us, just not the surface written issue. For instance, let me give you a verse that will try to reinforce what I'm saying here. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it says that knowledge puffs up. Does it not say that? That is what that's speaking to. It's about gaining knowledge, but not walking out in obedience. It's just knowledge, 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 knowledge. I learn it. I can quote it. I can, and we need to get that in the hearts of our kid. But let me tell you something. You see, these children of this couple are walking out. Let me tell you something. Well, wait. This is proof. They don't just teach him and go like a robot. First Corinthians 12, one, love, work, you know, love, hopes, all things and hopes that I can get out of here. No, okay. You understand what I'm saying? This is, this is proof that they're living that out and that they're sharing that. He's, Caden comes up to me. He's got the greatest jacket on. I, lo- I, I got to take a picture of that jacket. It's so awesome. We're going to get Andrew one of those before I leave. All right. So anyway, that's my oldest grandson. I got four of them. So he, he's standing there just just waiting for me to stop talking with whoever's around me like a great little kid. 
I, I can't believe it. He's just, you know, I mean, it's just, I'm like, hey. Now, that's a Father's Day. You see, he didn't do this because somebody made him do it. I, I love this. I love this. Are you, huh? It was his idea. That's what Jennifer's saying. Listen to this. She didn't go, Caden, you're going to make that, you're going to make that card for Pastor Tommy and you're going to love it. That's what we're talking about. You see, you're going to love, love, love no matter what. You better sing it. God is good. God is good. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. Yes, he is. And I'm going to keep saying it till I believe it. You see, what, you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's not how God wants us to walk out this walk with Him. Yes, there are seasons and moments where you go, I'm blind right now. God, I'm walking this by faith, and I know that you have me. But Lord, I don't see you nowhere around. Anybody ever been there? Come on, raise your hand if you've been there. That should be almost everybody. Hey, if you didn't raise your hand, you will be. So, so, just, so just get ready. You see... Knowledge puffs up. I know I can I can quote a hundred verses. How many can you live out? Oh, am I almost done? Oh man, am am I am I going long? Okay. So in Master's Commission, we'd memorize scripture, right? Everybody memorized, they quoted. And I asked him one day. I think it was Nick Daniels. I went, Nick, how many of those verses you pray? What are you talking about? I went, wrong answer. <laughs> Let's just take this verse. Lord, your word says that you don't want me to just be a hearer, but you want me to be a doer. But, Lord, I refuse to live this, this walk, you know, out of, uh, out of works. Lord, help me to obey you. Just help me to, to keep a stirring inside of myself. Lord, if I ever get to a place where my heart becomes crusty, Lord, change it. Just speak to me. Send somebody to me. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? See, that's praying Scripture. That's taking the Scripture you know and begin to pray it out in your life. Isn't that, isn't that cool? See, that's how you make that real. And, and, as, and, and then, when you memorize it and when you say it, all of a sudden it has power behind it. Yeah, we go, well, God's Word doesn't return void. That's absolutely true. But it propels a little better when you say it with genuineness. You see? So let me, let me try to get through this. I'm sorry for... So look at this. So we have knowledge, obedience 10%. Are you all ready? In this, smile at me. Everybody smile at me. Come on, smile. Smile, it's Father's Day. And this guy's still talking. Okay, frustration, disappointment. You see, you know why? Because you never see God in action. You never see the faithfulness of God lived out in your life. All it becomes is just another word. And then some well-meaning Christian just goes, you just got to pray more. (laughs) You know, in the whole context, we probably do. But the point is, is if I can't get the 10 minutes right, how am I ever going to get the hour right? In other words, I got to get my heart right. I got to get my attitude right. I'll never forget. Last Days Ministries, Keith Green, they did it it from um, an old Finney. Um, message called uh, devotion or devotions devotion or devotions 
So in other words, is it is my life a devotion to the Lord or do I just do devotions? And it showed this young guy looking at his watch and he's in a closet, right? Because he's in this prayer closet and he's in a closet and the door is kind of cracked open. Three, two, one. I'm done. Yes, yes. I'm done with my devotions. That's not what God wants from us. He wants us to walk out just in sheer devotion to him and just walk it out each and every day. Is this making any sense at all? Okay, so here we go. Let me let me try to wrap this up because I've, there's some good news. <laughs> For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. That's the verse of scripture God gave me after he gave me an open vision here after the boat accident event. Let's call it an event. The boat event. Um, I was I was here in a, one of the hotel motel things right in. I can go bring you to it. And I, and I got alone with God. I said, God, what is it? And he showed me um, some things. He began to speak to me about the nation. And, and the church. And then I went back, got home, and just took three days of fasting and prayer. I told him I locked myself in a room. I went to a friend of mine's apart, a little apartment above the garage, got a case of water, my concordance, my Bible, and I locked myself away for three days. And God really began to speak to me. And I preached a year on, on what God spoke to me during that time. But this was one of the verses. You see, God is judge, lawgiver, king. How many of you know that this is the verse that our governmental structure was designed on? How many of you know that? That when they came into uh, in Virginia Beach and they shoved the stake into the ground, they read that out of the Bible right there on the beach before they ever came into the land. And here's why. You see, the lawgiver is the, um, is the legislative branch. The, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, our judge, that's the judicial. The lawgiver is the legislative. And the king is our executive. That is our three branches of government, and that's how it's structured. Because God says, I am all those things. You see, in man, we have to control that because men's characters or women's characters get in the way. But in God's economy and in God's mind and his character, he handles it all. And this is the difference between, I have 10,000 teachers but not many fathers. And the thing is, is that God says, I'm all of those things wrapped in in one because that's a heart of a father. I have the ability to call it out. You got to get that right. I'm sorry, I'm pointing over here. I didn't mean to do that. Okay, so. <laughs> um, no, no, let's make it real official. <laughs> okay. And so uh, he says, I'm lawgiver, I'm judge, lawgiver, king. See, the, the deal is, he says, I have the ability to judge it. I have the ability to understand the law and the spirit of the law of it, but I also have the ability to have the mercy and the heart of a king in the matter. See, God says, I will be perfectly just. I do understand my law, but I also have the ability to say mercy. I do have the ability to say grace. I do have the ability to say, I'm not going to give you what you do deserve, but you're going to get what you don't deserve. And this is what this is. He's judge, lawgiver, king. See, he's not it just what if the only place in the Bible that said God is judge? Wow, I can't wait to know him. He's the guy in the house on the corner. No, I'm kidding. God is lawgiver. What if he was just a lawgiver, just writing out laws? That's what we do now in our nation, right? We just write out laws. That don't mean anything because there's no heart behind it. And he says, but the Lord is king. If he was just a king, just a benevolent king, that's a cool thing. But without justice and the, and the legal writ of it, it doesn't all come together and hold it all together. God is the perfect boundary guy. He's awesome in that way. He understands each and everything. And that's how his power, and that's why he's, that's why you can go, it, okay, let me say it this way. I'm getting a little 
whenever you want justice, it's normally because it works in your behalf. God, just do it before I go over there and do it myself, right? You know, because we can do it better than God anyway. And then here, but here, but, but when it's on the other side, you go, God, I want mercy. God, I want, please, God, grace, grace, mercy, right? You see, just a week before you were going, the God of justice, I pray that the God of justice would just work in my behalf. And you're sitting there, I declare today that, okay. You see, you better have the whole heart of God in a matter before you start praying like that. I'm all about, man, let me tell you something. When you got the heart of God on a matter, you go declaring all you declare and you can do. But you better have the heart of God. Because if you don't, you get sideways with God and you, all of a sudden you go, why is he not responding? Because the, because the heart has to be right. Judge, lawgiver, king. The entire character, not of the teacher, but of the father. Come on. Am I, is it? See, not of the teacher, but of the father who says, I'm going to walk you through every, every moment. You fail, you fall, the father's there. Come on. Come on, let's do it. God, see, Caden, you, you know, that's how we are. Lord, again, here, can we? He goes, yeah, come on, let's go. And that's what God wants us to see. When we get that attitude right, let me, let me show you what happens. We get knowledge. We get obedient out of sheer, just pure joy. And all of a sudden, the joy that we once had returns. Because, you see, there's no joy in just sheer I gotta do it because the Bible says I gotta do it. I mean, not everything is fun in that sense. It says discipline is not fun for a season, but I think that's, is that Galatians? It says discipline is not fun for a season. It literally says it that way, but the end result is the fruit of righteousness. You see, because once we walk through the tough fire time, we come out purified gold that has great value. Do you realize how valuable you are? I tell the worship team, you have any idea how valuable you are? God views you as valuable. You go, okay, I think the Bible says it. I think I can believe that. But you don't have it deep down inside. You don't really see you that way. If somebody, if you were out there witnessing, I just want you to know that God sees you as valuable, yet you can't even believe it for yourself. Here, here's the deal. Jesus, how valuable is Jesus? Eh, you know. Left heaven. <laughs> a little thing like that. Plopped on down here on earth to deal with me. See, the point is, is that he says, you're so valuable. God says, I'm sending my greatest, greatest price for you. Not trying to cut a deal. Okay, so, so Rob, you're here. I got to pick on you, man. It's just you're here, so you can take it. God goes, Rob, I want a discount. Can you cut that by $10,000? That's Is that what God says about Rob McKay? Is that what he said about you? No. He goes, he goes, no, Rob, I don't even put a price. But you've been bought with the price, the greatest price, Jesus Christ. The greatest value that I could send from heaven, that's what I sent to purchase Rob McKay. And that's what I sent to purchase each and every one of you. And when we get that, when we get the knowledge and we go, God, okay, 
What is that you want me to walk out? And then you just walk it out in just sheer obedience, in the sense of, God, help me to do it. And see, a God the Father, not the teacher, but the Father says, you didn't do that quite right. Come on back. Let me show you. Yeah, I know we got dirty a little bit. Let me pull you out the ditch. Come on. When you made that wrong turn, that I made a few of them coming up here. Uh, I went over the George Washington Bridge, and I did pay $15 at the toll bridge. I said, are you kidding me? That lady wouldn't even look at me. She goes, no, sir, it's $15. Okay, have a blessed day. And everybody goes, man, I give you a great route. It's too late. Okay. Knowledge, obedience, end result. Come on, smile at me. It's called joy. Real joy. And then you get to go, man, did you see the way God did that stuff? Did you see the way God re- Man, did you see how God touched that lady? Man, we were talking. Did you? Man, when I go in restaurants, I just go, God, you want me to say something? You got something? Come on. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? I'll sit in a restaurant. Last story. Okay, if I do this, it really means it. Okay, so. I was in a restaurant. Lisa and I were... We were gone out of town, and we pulled into this, um, and I could give you a bunch of stories like this. This is the faithfulness of God. Pulled into this uh, uh, subway. I'm almost embarrassed to say it's subway. We ate at subway. No, I'm sorry. Anybody work at subway? <laughs> uh, I want a coupon. No. Um, uh, we were at subway, and I'm sitting there, and I'm not kidding you. One table from us, there's four guys, and they all have Jesus T-shirts on. And they're all talking about Jesus all those four guys, two tables away, there's a lady sitting like we're sitting right here and I could see her over there. And, of course, the Lord goes, I want you to go talk to her. And I went, oh, Lord, now here, another city, I'm going to get arrested. What's, what are you trying to do? He goes, no, I, seriously, I want you to go. <laughs> That's kind of how God talks. Seriously, I want you to go talk to her. So I said, okay. And as you know, the more you walk with the Lord, he didn't give you all the insight. He, did, he wants obedience. Because that's the faith. That's the release of the faith. And I'm not walking over here because something's wrong. Okay, so that's the, that's, the, that's the obedience that releases the faith for God to release the word of knowledge or prophetic word that he wants to give. See, you can, you, I want all the prophetic word right now. That's not faith. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. That doesn't mean God can't. I mean, he does that. He'll give you partial, whatever it might be. I'm not saying that's. But what I'm saying is he expects a stepping out, right? He expects a certain stepping out of obedience, which releases, which releases faith, which releases the anointing. The anointing will never not be there when faith, genuine faith is there. This is why I talked about pure obedience. Can I read it again? Pure obedience. I'm getting to the story. Pure obedience comes from Understanding that God walks with you and that your friendship and relationship grow after each action, which creates joy. Watch this. I mean, how else can I tell you these stories? So watch this. So I, I, I'm going, I look at Lisa, I go, Lisa, the Lord wants me to go talk to that girl. See a girl over there? She's 26, something like that. She goes, okay. I tell you what. I'll go in the car. I'll start it. I'll have the getaway car. That's a. <laughs> Can you hear her saying? <laughs> okay, be at the door. When I see the car, then I'll go. No, I'm kidding. So, um, so, so I walk over, and I just said, "Hey, um, my name's Tommy. Um, I saw you sitting over here. I'm sorry. 
I said, I'm sorry, I'm just a Christian. And I just felt like God just kind of just dropped something in my heart. I just want to come and tell you hello. Is that okay? And she went, um, yeah. And I said, I said, uh, look, I don't know you, whatever, but I'm just here to tell you that God just is um, concerned about you. And he, I just sensed that God was just saying, hey, that he, he knows you're on the planet. And she goes, okay, and then the Lord began to speak. And I said, you've left home. You've, you're, you're in the outs with your dad. You're, you're this. You're that. And she goes, yeah. My dad's a pastor. And um, I left home, and I'm living here in the city. And I can't go home to make it right with him. And I said, yeah, you can I said, God loves you enough to stop this crazy man right here to come tell you hello. The interesting thing, and listen, this is not any, it's just, it's just how we need to be obedient in our moment. The four guys with the t-shirts just kept having a fun time while they were sitting right there. Are you getting what I'm saying? It evidently wasn't their moment or God wasn't talking to them or whatever the, you know, at the moment, whatever it was. But God was talking to me. Now, what if I had not stepped out and done that? You see... I had, a, I had a time I was in Lowe's. Y'all have Lowe's around here? Okay, so how many of you know it's busy? So it was a weekend, and it was really busy, lines long. And I walk up to the checkout counter, and um, when I walk up, the Lord speaks to me about the girl. That's, um, he says, I want you to pray for her leg. And I went, and I look back, and there's people. I'm like, Lord, what? And so I walk, and so I walk up to the lady, and I check out. And like every good, obedient Christian, I said, hey, thank you, and I walked out. So I walk out the door. When I stepped out the door, the Lord said, you didn't do what I asked you to do. I went, oh, you, that really was you. I, I, some of you would go buy something again just to get back in line, right? I didn't do that. I did, when I walked, now watch, I walked back up. Now, the place was full, packed lines. I walk up. I look back. No one. Gone Empty. Okay, Lord, it really is you. And I go, hey, I noticed um, that you got a little, you know, thing on your leg. I said, can, can I, I'm a Christian. I said, would you mind if I pray for you? She goes, uh, no, go ahead. So I said, look, it'll just take 10 seconds. If you tell people, give me five, 10 seconds. Oh, okay, I can do that. Right? So I said, Lord, just begin to touch her leg right now. And then, of course, it happened. Uh, the Lord says that you're having family problems and there's some things with a sister. And, a, and, he, and he goes, how do you know that stuff? And I said, well, God just loves you. And he just, you know, wanted to just tell you that. I said, is that true? She goes, oh, yeah. So I've got a, a family. I'm trying to do this with our family. And we're, we're having these problems and all that. And I said, well, God really cares enough. He wants to step into that. And I said, can I, can I pray that for you? Oh, yeah. I said, Lord, just, just use her. Just speak to her. And I said, just encourage her. In Jesus' name, amen. The cashier right here goes, she walks up and goes, I want some of that. I'm in Lowe's. So I started praying. Boom, 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 boom. Another one walks over. Can you do this? Can you do that to me? I said, no, wait, wait, wait. Now we're getting a little, you know, God doesn't work that way. If he wants to drop some, if he wants me to pray for you and do that, and he wants to speak to you, he will. But I want you to know something: God's not a magician, and God's not a fortune teller. He's real, and he cares about you. And I said, let me pray with you that way. 
okay. And I prayed with her. Now, when I walked out, oh, that's what I walked out with. That was the end result. And I get to tell you that story right now. Is that, is that okay? You see, it's just, it's just simple. Let's get some knowledge. God wants us, right? God wants us to study to show ourselves approved. Is that in the Bible? Okay. But what do we do with that? We study. Then we can walk it out. We walk it out. That's why when we do prophetic stuff, we let people do it and work and, 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 and see how things work. And then we get to walk out in joy. And you begin to go and be, man, wasn't that cool? Isn't God cool, man? How did he, you know, isn't that awesome? And you go, yay, yeah. I mean, you get, you, get to, you get to declare how awesome God is. Come on, are y'all with me? Well, I'll tell you what, this is it. Can I, can I pray over before we go? Or before you, you come, you're going to come up here? Why don't you come on up and that will make me give you the microphone. Lord, I just thank you today for working in people's lives. And I just thank you for being real. And Lord, we had a good time today, but Lord, you're, so, you're just so real. And, Lord, you walk us through tough times, but you walk us through the greatest victories, too. Because, Lord, we'll never experience any victories until we get challenges. We'll never have a testimony without a test. And, Lord, that I thank you today that as you walk us through those times, man, that really hit some people. We know what tests are. God, you want to walk us through, and you want us to have a testimony. We ask right now, Lord, that you'll complete every work, that you'll, that you'll solidify everything today. That, it'll, it, that Lord, something today that I said, Lord, help it to stick and go down deep where the enemy can't take it and, and run with it. But, Lord, that it'll take root and it'll bring forth great fruit in your name. Lord, I love you. Lord, I just thank you for working. I just thank you for being real. I just thank you on this Father's Day that we can talk about how you're Really, a great father. Not just a good father. You're a great father. And how you walk us out. Though teachers are a great thing, Lord, you want to show the entire character of a father in our lives. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen? Can you say amen one more time? Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen? Awesome. If you can't stand to your feet. Hey, I actually want to do something. This maybe is just more for me. Do you remember the time? Uh, in fact, I, w- I think I want you to share with them one story just because it's fun. Is that okay? You remember the time that you prayed with a woman, uh, the couple about ice cream? Can you share that with them? Okay. Keep standing. They were just in our area. They're from Oklahoma. I just saw them about three months ago. And they said, we tell that story all over the place. I never realized that. Okay, so we were praying with people. We were in a line. And we were praying with people. And I come up to this young couple. And they were, they were, from, out of, they were from Oklahoma. They were, he was getting his master's in music. And so he was at the local university at UL, University of Louisiana. And as we were praying, we were just praying with people, praying with people. And I stopped. And the Lord goes, tell them to go eat ice cream. And I said, oh, Lord, there's no way I'm saying that. I'm telling you, I told the Lord that. Y'all have never done that. I, I, I said, he says, tell him to go eat ice cream. I said, Lord, seriously, I'm not saying that. He goes, tell him to go eat ice cream. I said, Lord, if this isn't you, I'm, I'm in trouble. And so, I, and so I look at him. Now, that, all this is happening, you know, you know how it's microseconds, you know. And all of a sudden, I said, listen, I'm just going to, you know how it is, you qualify it, right? I'm just going to step out in faith right now. This is probably not good. No, I didn't say that. But I just, I'm thinking to myself going, okay, it better be God. I said, 
the Lord, I, I think the Lord's saying, y'all need to go eat ice cream. See, I mean, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll come back. And I, I'm serious. That's exactly what I did. I'm serious. I'm not kidding you. He, he, they look at the, they love the hug. I mean, I'm like. See, here's what happened. You see, they, they hadn't been married that long. And his, if you've gotten a master's or, or a, an undergraduate or whatever degree, especially in music and stuff, I mean, your schedule is just you never home. And they were, they were kind of newlyweds and that kind of thing. And uh, he was never around. And she was working as a nurse to try to, you know, make money while he's going to school. And they're out of, they don't know many people. They're out of state. You know, all that. And, and she said, our thing that we did as a couple all the time was to go get ice cream together. And she said, we, they both told us when they finally composed themselves, we haven't gone to get ice cream in months. And I just told, it was Brad and I'm looking at her face. Oh, golly. Okay. And, and she goes, I just told Brad just the other day, we have to go get ice cream. And when I said that, they just lost it. And I, so did I. And so, again, you know, just the faithfulness of God. We get to say it with the biggest smile on our faces because it creates great joy when you step out there when the Lord speaks. Thank you for listening. It's a pretty cool story, huh? The reason I love those stories because it just shows us how personal, how intimate God really is. And once again, even in the small details, how he cares. And I think sometimes we... We underestimate how important we are to God, and it's real easy to do, and uh, we don't need to do that. Amen. So, uh, listen, before we leave today, I told you before Pastor Tommy came that we wanted to take uh, a special offering uh, just to bless him. Obviously, one of uh, our hearts, at least for this church, is that we would be a generous people. And so that when God brings us a gift, such as Pastor Tommy today, that we would bless him in a generous way. So I just want to ask you today, uh, just before you leave, we have the basket up front. Is the box empty? The box is empty in the back. If you don't mind, listen, every, every penny that you give in this offering will go to him. And uh, I just want to bless him today. So I just ask you, just reach in your heart, give generously, and listen, you won't regret it. Amen? So let's just pray for you one more time, and, uh, and we'll go and eat some good food and celebrate our dads. Amen? All right. Father, I just thank you today, God, for just this amazing group of people. Uh, Lord, I thank you for their hearts, for the kingdom. I thank you for uh, just their hearts for this region and for each other. And, Lord, today as we uh, just bless uh, the man of God, your servant, Lord, that you sent us today, uh, Father, we just pray today, God, that it would just be uh, just over in abundance, God, supernatural blessing, God, to his life. And so, Lord, we just pray, even as uh, Pastor Tommy is, is on this uh, motorcycle ride going across the nation, uh, literally all the way from Louisiana to Maine and back, and, uh, Father, we just pray that it would be a special time for him. Thank you for refreshing and just, uh, just, just clear revelation and clarity, God, in his own heart. Lord, I know there's things he's praying about concerning the future. Lord, thank you for bringing those answers. And uh, even as he's on his journey along the way, Lord, thank you for connecting him uh, just with people that uh, just – you know, really just right on point, right on moment time, uh, just relationships, God, to speak into his life. And so, Lord, we just bless him today. Father, we bless your people. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to sow and give. In Jesus' name we pray and bless our dads today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Thank you, everybody, for coming today. Remember, the basket's in the front, the box is in the back. If anybody would like to stay uh, for prayer, uh, Pastor Tommy has said that he would be willing to pray for anybody that would like prayer today. Amen. So, Austin, if you just want to play a little bit of praise and worship music, that would be great.